I was on vacation about a week ago, and uh, does it show? <laughs> Still re-entering this life. Um, and, uh, you know, I was processing a lot. Finally got a chance to kind of slow down, and, and, uh, and I was just really feeling inspired uh, for my own life and for the sermon to come to talk about living in the present. Uh, we, we seem to do really well at not living in the present, but living, trying to live tomorrow in the present, or living in the past, but not in the present. And um, God sent me a special person of grace to help me be present. I was driving um, down the road um, right here on Myrtlewood. I was coming up from Fifth, and I was actually heading to the school to pick up my kids, and I was like, I'm running a little bit late. You know, I need to get my kids. And, and I'm coming up Myrtlewood, and there was this wonderful gift from God, this angel of the Lord standing in the middle of the road, wearing all black, pointing at me with a police badge on, <laughs> pointing at me and then directing me to turn on the coming street and to pull over. Now, that makes you live in the present really fast because you're aware that uh, you weren't aware in that moment. And so uh, I kind of did this. You know, when you look, they're pointing at you like, moi? <laughs> like, you, that way. Okay. So I pulled over on the street, and of course they ask you that infamous question. Do you know why I pulled you over, right? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> I, I was probably speeding. Yes, you were. Well, I was just suffering from what, what is called velocitation, okay? Now, some of you may not know that you suffer from this disease as well. It's called velocitation. It's an actual word. It's an actual condition, and this is what it means. This is the noun. A sensation that your car is going slower than it actually is. Some of you have that same disease. Hello, my name is John, and I have velocitation. That's when you go, hello, John. <laughs> and uh, I was suffering from velocitation that day, and um, sure enough, pulled me over, gave me a ticket. And um, in fact, I learned that word velocitation from, guess where? Traffic school, right? <laughs> I got educated. Went to traffic school, just finished it recently, and... Um, but I learned that, uh, now this is, this is not necessarily part of the sermon, but an interesting fact. You know, driving under the influence is, is a horrible thing, and there are many fatalities every year uh, from DU, DUIs. But did you know that death fatalities with accidents from speeding is more than twice that of those caused by driving under the influence? It's like 13.5% nationally for driving under the influence, and it's 30% from speeding here in our country. So God is working on me to uh, work on my velocitation <laughs> and to try to be a little bit more present as I drive. But we struggle with living in the present, many of us do. Now, some of you here, this, you may not need to hear this sermon at all because you are always very present and always living in the moment. My experience, though, in conversations with people and in my own journey is that that's not a whole lot of people. And 
to live in the present is quite a challenging thing. We tend to speed, I think, because we're always thinking about where we're supposed to be or where we need to be getting instead of actually being in the moment. Or I know nobody here, there's no one here who ever messes with their technology while they're driving, right? None of us look at our phones, none of us text, none of us, no, okay, all right. Just making sure that that's, that that's the case. I trust this Sabbath that many of us are here, if not almost all of us are here, because we have certain convictions about how God invites us to live in this life. Sabbath. We are here on Sabbath because we believe in God's Word teaches us about Sabbath. We have, we have beliefs as Adventists about our Advent message of encouraging and calling people, right, to come out of the confusion that's out in this world. We have wonderful messages as Adventists, but I'll tell you, as an Adventist and as many Adventists I've known, we still have problems living with Jesus in the present moment. In fact, I would even risk to say that in my 25 plus years of ministry, that is the greatest challenge I see people facing is living day to day, trusting Jesus with their lives. Not just people of the congregation, pastors as well. That is the greatest challenge, to live in the present moment with Jesus and with others. Living in the here and the now. God longs for us to live in the present with him. You might remember this psalm, Psalm 118, 24. We even have a song about it. What? This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Which day? This day. Not yesterday. Not tomorrow. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You know, can we just, let's just read that together, okay? This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, can you be present in that moment as we read that? This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Not in the past. Now, there are great memories in the past. And we should enjoy those memories. But we don't want to get stuck in those memories as well. I love the words from Isaiah 43 when God says to Israel, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, and that they might declare my praise. Now, just before these verses, God was reminding them of delivering them from the people of Egypt, from their bondage. And the verses before this talk about the, the, the sea, the waters partying, and how he delivered them from the Egyptians. That's a wonderful memory to, to have. It's something that encouraged their faith. But he was saying, even as good as the memories are or as bad, remember not the former things, because if we live in the past, we won't be present with God in the future. Remember not the former things, consider, nor consider the things of old. He says that in verse 9, Behold, I did a good thing, or I'm going to do it. He says, I am doing 
a thing right now, a good thing. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it, he asks. Israel was preoccupied with the past, too worried about the future. And God said, I'm right here. I'm in this present moment. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Sometimes we're so wrapped up in tomorrow and yesterday that God is so busy and active right now in our lives and the lives of those we share this life with that we don't perceive it. We're missing it. Jesus, in those incredible words he shared in the Sermon on the Mount, some of them being these in Matthew 6, remember when he said, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? I love that first word, look. You know, when you're living in the present moment, you stop and you look. You look at the birds. You look at the things around you. And Jesus says, look, just stop. You're too worried about everything. Stop, just look at the birds. In verse 27, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And then I love Jesus' sense of humor here in verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Live in the moment. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God. Be present with God. Trust his love for your life and his righteousness. Righteousness meaning God's goodness of putting things back to right in this world, of restoring relationships, of reconciliation. Seek first his reign and be active with God in reconciliation, in acts of righteousness, of restoration. Jesus, when we look at his life, was obviously very present. Lived in the moment. When you read the Gospels, one of the things I love about the Gospels is that it says he often withdrew to lonely places. Wasn't once in a blue moon. Wasn't a couple times a year. He often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. He spent time with his father, giving him his attention, being present to him in that very intentional way. And as a result, he was very present to everyone he came in contact with. And one of the things I love is that when you read the Gospels, when you look at all the different interactions that he had with people in the Gospels, every single one of them was different. He didn't say the same thing to every person he came in contact with and healed. 
It was different based on that person's situation and on who they were. He was present with them in that moment and what they needed. Even when their perception of what they needed wasn't what they really needed, but what he knew they really needed. He was present, lived in that day trusting the Father and always working with the Father. I always loved the story, and I'm not gonna, we're not going to put it up to look at all the verses there, but you know, the, the, the story of Mary and Martha. I couldn't help but go to that. Love Mary, love Martha. And there they were. Martha was excited for Jesus to be in her home, and so she was busy. And there's nothing wrong with being busy. There's nothing wrong with serving, but the challenge comes is when our serving becomes a distraction from God, from being present with God. And it says, Luke records in chapter 10, that uh, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I always think it's interesting that Jesus did not do what Martha asked him to do. If it was really a problem and Mary was not doing what needed to be done, I think Jesus would have then asked Mary to go help Martha in the kitchen. But he didn't. And not that I'm sure that, not that he didn't appreciate the serving that Martha was doing, but in that moment it was distracting her from being with Jesus. Even serving God can become a distraction from being present to God. There is a time for everything. A friend of mine uh, passed away a couple of weeks ago. And he, uh, he was an older gentleman. And they, uh, they lived in San Diego for many years and then they moved up to Walla Walla uh, to be closer to their family. And um, he began to battle with some dementia and some other health issues, and, and she was having to tend to a lot of his care. And a couple weeks ago, while we were on vacation, I got word that he had passed away, and I was speaking with his wife, who um, I've become good friends with over the years. She was my secretary for a while down in Escondido. And um, she said, you know, John, through this all, and it was very exhausting taking care of him at times. But there were some days where I was able to have somebody care for him for a few hours and I could go out, she said, and I would go out into some of the beautiful areas of Walla Walla and I would just sit out in nature and I would just be with Jesus and let him hold me. And she says it was those times that gave me the strength to continue to care for my husband in the condition that he was in was to be present with Jesus and just let him hold her. She said, I shared with my church how important it is for us to, in a sense, breathe. You know that song, This is the Air I Breathe, talking about God being our life source and we can't live without him. She says, I share that song with him and I, and I share about how 
how my husband, you know, he needed oxygen for a lot of the day, but every once in a while we would take him off because he didn't like to have that all the time, and he could go for a while without it. But she says, come around 30 minutes, he needed that oxygen. He was gasping. She said, and she said, I told my church, she says, church, that's what I feel like this world is like. We try to go through this life without giving God our attention and living with him in that moment that we go through long enough until we realize we can't breathe anymore and then we're gasping. And so she was encouraging her church to connect with God and breathe deeply of the presence of Jesus. To be present with God. The key to life and living as human beings. We were created to live in a present relationship with God. When that happens, we then begin living more present with others as Jesus did. Now, it's hard because our culture, I believe, really values productivity more than presence. To be productive is king. To be present with somebody, that doesn't pay a lot of money sometimes. And so to actually live in a way where we can be present with God, it fights against our very culture. I don't have time for this. I love these words of Mother Teresa, and she said, you may be exhausted with work, you may even kill yourself, but unless your work is interwoven with love, it is useless. Then listen to this. To work without love is slavery. Those are some serious words. To work without love is slavery. Jesus didn't create us to just produce and produce so that more people could consume and consume. He created us to be present with him and to be present with others. There's this thing called technology that is a wonderful thing. But my guess is that you're sort of like me and I struggle with being its master. I think technology is mastering most of us versus us mastering technology. And that has an impact on being present with God and being present with others. Whether we're sitting with them, driving, <laughs> or other things, we need to be careful of our technology usage. Let me share with you a few things that, that I found helpful as I struggle with this as well in my own personal relationships and in my relationship with God that you may find helpful and may, may practice some of these as well already. But there's one thing I, I highly recommend that I don't think is practiced very often, and that is reflecting on the day. Reflecting on the day. You know, we are a culture that values information and consuming information. And just because we have the information doesn't mean we've processed it or that we understand it. It's just information. But, the, but to take the time to reflect on the day, when you go to bed at night or just sometime later in the day, to stop and, and just think, what did today entail? Who did I interact with? Where was God in that interaction? Was I aware of God's presence there? Because he's there. How did I today 
experience God's love? How did I receive God's love? And how did I share that love today? And here's the one that hurts me most of the time. This is a hard question. Was there any way in which I hindered or blocked God's love today in a relationship with someone else or interaction? That one's hard. But reflecting on the day, giving thanks to God, thank you for this experience today. Thank you for that interaction with you today or that interaction with so-and-so today. Thank you for that good news. There's a lot of things, but just to stop and reflect makes us more aware of his presence and being present to him in that day and praying in that time, talking to God about it. Of course, the marinating that I've talked about of memorizing scripture and having those in our mind to think on the things of God and let them just speak to us as we, as we go through our day. This one's hard for a lot of us, slowing down. Slowing down. Henry David Thoreau said, nothing can be more useful to a man than the determination not to be hurried. That's a hard one. Slowing down. And getting good rest. It's hard to get that good rest every night. But, uh, you know, sharing with uh, Mesa Grande Academy, we started uh, football for the season, the conditioning aspect anyways. And this week, I was sharing with the guys a quote from Vince Lombardi, one of the greatest football coaches of all time. These simple words, fatigue makes cowards of us all. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. Now, my understanding of us as North Americans is that the majority of us are pretty fatigued. We are pretty wiped out. We have a lot of sleep deficit. And it's hard to process life when we're fatigued constantly and tired. We want to discern the will of God. We want to make big decisions in our life, and we're wiped. The brain's not fully functioning because we're fatigued. We're tired. We need rest, and we're hurrying all over the place to be present with God, to be present with others. Maybe we just need to slow down and rest a little bit, to be present with our spouses and our children. Let me share with you another quote from Mother Teresa. She's known mostly, obviously, for her work in Calcutta and working with the poor. She says, once in a while, we should ask ourselves several questions in order to guide our actions. We should ask questions like, do I know the poor? Do I know, in the first place, the poor in my family, those who are closest to me, people who are poor, but not because they lack bread? There are other types of poverty just as painful because they are more intrinsic. Perhaps what my husband or wife lacks, what my children lack, what my parents lack is not clothes or food. Perhaps they lack love because I do not give it to them. To be present to God, to receive his love and to be present with others that we might love them the way God loves us. There's something simple that we can do, although I say simple, but yet it's not always easy. But in the home, with our families, and even with others, with coworkers, with friends, to take the time to validate what they're feeling and experiencing in that given moment. Now, men, this isn't always easiest for us. 
You know, we have someone who is sharing what they're feeling at that moment, and it's maybe they're sad about something. And sometimes as men, we're, we're just like, okay, all right, yeah, all right. Well, then let's do this, and let's do that. We get real logical, right? But to take time to validate and to stop and to allow someone to feel the way they're feeling and to love them no matter how they're feeling. Whether you agree or not, it's how they feel. And to love them and accept them where they're at. To validate their feelings. It takes time. You can't hurry. You've got to be real. And that's one of the things I love about Jesus, too, when you read him in the Gospels. He met people where they were at, validated what they were doing, where they were at. And then he also invited them into a way of life and healing and restoration. See, one of the greatest challenges I think we face in trying to live in the present is finally accepting the fact that this life is full of mystery. This life is full of mystery, and we, we trick ourselves in thinking we have so much control in this life. And yet, this life is full of so much of the unknown. In fact, when you study faith and you look at faith in the Bible in the stages of faith, someone who has mature faith is a faith that is comfortable with the mystery because they have confidence in their God. No matter what happens in this life, no matter what is out there that I don't know about, I do not have to fear because God is good. And because God has revealed himself through Jesus Christ so that I don't have to fear or worry because God is the one who is sovereign and that's all I need to know. <laughs> to live present, live in the present with Jesus today. Every day we know is a gift from God and to enjoy it, that this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's why Jesus says, don't lose heart. You trust God, trust me as well. I am the way and the truth and the life. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. What a great life it is to live in the present with Jesus today and to share that life in the present with those God has blessed us with and our friends, our families, our church body, our coworkers. By the grace of God, may we learn to live in the present with him and with others. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming and literally living in the present moment with us here on earth. It meant so much to you that you left heaven and took on flesh and bone so that you could live in the present with us. You could reveal to us that we could trust you in this very moment, that we don't have to worry about tomorrow because you're here and you're already there. And we don't have to fret about yesterday because you were there with us and no matter what happened, we're forgiven. So Jesus, I ask that as you're with us in this very present moment, 
by your Holy Spirit. May you give us the grace to live in the present with you, to give you our attention, to enjoy your presence, for that is where the peace is, that is where the joy is, that is where the strength is. And as we do so, may we live with you as you also live in this present with others and extend love and compassion and courage and support. Take a moment now in silent prayer to talk to Jesus in this present moment.
Now as we go, may we go enjoying the fact that this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God bless you.